Welcome to the Beat Podcast. I'm MJ with BD. And I just got one thing to say. Steph Curry. Greatness. That guy is crazy. Okay, so this past Saturday was the the Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, yeah. Uh, if you saw that game, you know what I'm talking about, but there's no I mean, you can just give Steph Curry the MVP trophy now if you want to. I mean, it was that good. So, right now, the Golden State Warriors have about 20 games left on the schedule. They've only lost five. They're obviously going for the Bulls' record, 72-10. and 10. I'm rooting against them because I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. But, you know, they look unstoppable. I mean, Steph Curry has to be the best three-point shooter to ever play the game of basketball. In that game, he had the most threes in a game. <laughs> he, I think he tied that one. He broke his own record for most single season threes made. Okay, with with twenty with twenty four games left, they actually looked like they were going to lose the game. I mean, the Golden State Warriors are just so deadly. Stephen Curry is shooting two and three feet behind the three point line and making them look like fifteen foot jump shots. <laughs> um, I mean, the guy's unstoppable. I don't know if anybody can stop him. Uh, you know, when I think of great players, Michael Jordan. You know, he's an all around scorer. He's very athletic. LeBron James, another all-around scorer who's powerful. Stephen Curry is just the best three-point shooter to ever play the game. Yeah, yeah, he's got a long career left, so we'll see how much better he can be. I mean, the game ended, okay, with him. Okay, the Warriors are losing in overtime. He shoots. He's closer to half court than the three-point line. Launches up a running three, you know. Not not a spot up three, but a running three. Sinks it like it's like it's nothing to win the game. I mean, it's scary how good this team is. So they have a great chance to beat that Bulls record. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, with twenty four games left, right? They can, but they'd have to go nineteen and five just yeah. to tie. So I think they have a really good chance to uh, to to beat the record too, not just tie it. But we'll see. It's gonna be interesting. I think they'll lose at least, you know, a few more, but how many yeah. more, I don't know. And the thing is, it's like, the thing about the NBA schedule, it's so grueling. You play these long road games back-to-back on the road where you got to go to different cities and things of that nature. So it's very, it's a very rigorous schedule. You know, it's obviously not in their favor, but they're just doing so well. You know, they have they have a great chance to beat that record, but... um, Well, you know, not not just to beat the record, but... Also, you know, the Spurs have also had a really good season as well. They've only yep. lost nine games. So as of now, right, the, the Warriors are four games ahead of the Spurs. And I think you want to, in the West right now, be the number one seed because that means that in the playoffs, the way the, the record is now, the Spurs would be the number two and Oklahoma City is number three. And that means that in the second round, the Spurs play the Thunder. And that's going to be a very tough matchup. And it would work in the Warriors' favor to have those two really good teams play each other and one of them yeah. you know, obviously eliminate one of those teams. Um, and a lot of people are, are saying that you know the Thunder are probably going to beat the Spurs. And, and we'll see what's, what's going to happen there. But it, it would be better, again, for the, the Warriors to just have those guys duke it out. And then the winner of, of that would most likely play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, the Warriors would get a much easier team that they'd have to play against, so they'd get to relax while those two teams are probably 
duking it out in overtime in Game 7. Yep. It's a lot more rest. So it's also important for them to, to get that number one seed oh, yeah. um, uh, this this season, definitely with the Spurs being so good. And same same for the Thunder. I mean, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook are also incredible players, and they're definitely without, obviously, any injuries. And if things stand the way they are, they're going to give, they need the Spurs in that second round, they're going to give them a run for their money. So I think that's also important for um, the Warriors to make sure they, they keep that number one seed. I agree, BD. Um, I, I'm sticking with my pick with the Spurs, but the Golden State Warriors look so deadly. They're so in sync. Um, some people call them a jump shooting team. I don't really think of them that way. They are a jump shooting team, but there's sort of two two key things to me. One thing is that even though Steph Curry is a three point shooter, he's not afraid to attack the basket. He's not a one dimensional yeah, player. Right. He will attack the basket. And the other thing is they have such a great defense. Yeah. They've got great perimeter defenders and low post defenders. And that's what uh, helped win um, Andre Iguodala the uh, the finals MVP. Was exactly. Really good defense on LeBron James, you know, the best player in the world. I mean, he did do a good job. He did against, an amazing against job. Against him and, and helped them win a, a lot of those games against Cleveland last year on the defensive end. So, yeah, they're definitely a good defensive team. And also Draymond Green, but when you have a great NBA player, when you have a Magic Johnson, a Larry Bird, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, blah, 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 you're not going to stop them offensively. Right. Your job is to make them take tough shots, hopefully have a low field goal percentage, maybe you know try to force them to give up the ball to other players. So he played phenomenal defense for sure. And I think sometimes people forget that, is that they say there's high-scoring games in the NBA that they don't play defense. They actually do play defense, but these offensive players are so great, you're just mm-hmm. not going to be able to stop them. You know, a lot of times when I watch the big men, because a lot of times on the perimeter, you never know who's going to guard who. But, like, if Shaq's going up against Hakeem Olajuwon, you're not going to stop Shaq. Right. The way you, you, get, you make it tough and the way you counterbalance that is with offense of your own. So, again, you know, Andre Iguodala did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Well, and also now I think the reason that the teams are scoring more, not just it doesn't mean that, obviously, like you said, the defense is bad. It's also because there are more smaller guys. Like the big guys yep. now, you know, 15, 20 years ago would have been like the centers now would have been power forwards yeah. you know, 15, 20 years ago. That's so true. So we have less of those really big guys. That, that means that everyone can run faster so that speeds up the game you know and speaking of defense one thing uh that's been in the news recently is a comment oscar robertson made love oscar robertson he's one of the greats of all time averaged a triple double for the season me and bd are cincinnatians and uh, back in the day the sacramento kings at one point in time were the cincinnati royals you know we had oscar robertson but he made a comment about Steph Curry that's gotten a lot of attention in the news. Basically, to summarize you know, what he said, he basically said that NBA defenses uh, don't really play him right. They don't, you know, they don't press him. They don't guard him from the half-court line. They make it easy on him. You know, it's taken a lot, of, uh, a lot of heat. But I tell you what, that game, the game I saw, Golden State Warriors versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, I mean, you, you cannot really doubt Steph Curry's greatness. He he made, I mean, he's got two defenders draped on him. He, he's shooting threes 
He's got such a quick release. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't doubt his greatness. No, no, I mean, we've seen other great shooters like that. He's just, he's kind of like a shooter and a scorer hybrid. You're not like a scorer like a Jordan or or a Kobe, but he can score a lot of points kind of like them, but he does more so by shooting instead of driving and going for layups. So, I mean, there are plenty of times where Jordan or Kobe have been double teamed, sometimes even triple teamed. And they still score, and this guy's gonna, you know, he's gonna do the same thing. Yeah, like you said, the best thing as a defense you can do is just to make things difficult. Speaking of Kobe, we are gonna do a Kobe centered podcast as promised. We decided it would be best to do it at the end of the season to see how the season plays out, being Kobe's last season, and what revelations happen. I think that's a great idea. Obviously, me and BD have busy schedules, unfortunately, and. You know, that's why there might not be the consistency in the podcast. But we will do the Kobe, the Kobe, Kobe special. Um, well, and also as yeah. the playoffs start, we'll, we'll do them, you know, we'll, we'll do them more often. Because yeah. that's when the basketball is, you know, most exciting anyways. Exactly. Speaking of, like, some of the recent events in the NBA, one of my favorite things about the NBA is All-Star Weekend. This year they headed in Toronto, Canada. It was, uh, you know, in my opinion... It was the best All-Star Weekend I've ever seen. Hmm. I never really, even though I was a fan watching the Bulls in the 90s, I never really started watching All-Star Weekend until the 2000s. From start to finish, this was, for me, the most complete All-Star Weekend I ever saw. In fact, even the celebrity game was good. And a lot of times, that's just a throwaway game. I mean, these guys, these guys could play. You know, they were hitting some shots. It was actually a pretty high-scoring game. The All-Star Weekend is always a special time for the NBA to see all these greats play together and just interact, which they don't get to do in the course of the season. It was uh, such a good All-Star Weekend. People actually say there's been an argument as to whether the slam dunk contest with Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic and Zach Levine of the Minnesota Timberwolves was the best slam dunk contest ever. Like Two people, like from the standpoint of competition two people going against each other hmm. and most people before that would say that the big one is Neek and Jordan Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan going head to head but like for me the big difference is that Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan weren't just good dunkers but they were the two of the best players in the league yeah they were all stars or they were stars yeah so i think that's one thing Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine have going against them is you know, they're solid players, but they're not the best in the league like Neek and Jordan were. You know, they put on a great show. It was one of the best I ever saw. I thought that Gordon probably should have got a little bit of a higher score, but Zach Levine did a great job and deserved to win it. His final dunk, he did a between the legs from the free throw line, okay? I mean, he had like a foot inside the free throw line, but he, he, he went between the legs and dunked it. So that's a pretty amazing dunk. That's amazing. One thing I'll say is, like, you get nitpicky about these dunkers, you know, because at this point in time, we've seen everything from a dunk contest. And Zach Lafine has, a, has like, a tall, lengthy body. You know, he, he doesn't necessarily look as majestic as some of the past dunkers. But the things he can do, man, they're amazing. Sure. What do you think about some of the criticisms that, um, you know, the negative criticisms from the, the All-Star game or even the dunk contest? Because I was reading some of the comments on ESPN. I'm like, a lot of people didn't like that it was such a high-scoring game, and there wasn't really any defense. And usually I, I see kind of in the last few minutes, 
or in the last maybe half of the fourth quarter, defense picks up. Yeah. I remember that one where a few years ago when, like, Dwayne Wade break Kobe's nose or something. Yeah. That was an accident or something like that. But you know, they play more defense. But this past one, even the last, like I think it was the, maybe like the last two or three years in a row, where each year they beat the record yeah. for how much they've scored. So a lot of people are not enjoying the game as much. So we're saying to maybe replace it with something like a, like a one-on-one or a two-on-two tournament. That that would be cool. That that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Or instead of having like the celebrity game, have like two of the stars team up, and then you know have a tournament. You NBA, know, like, NBA Jam style, two on two, like two. Yeah, like arcade play, style. play five or like ten minutes. <laughs> whoever scores the most points, like half court. Yeah. Like, whoever scores the most points after ten minutes, you know they move on to the next round. I mean, that would I, be cool. I, I enjoyed the All Star game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was kind of boring and i and i like the high scoring ones but i think if if it gets to over 100 and you know let's say 20 points or you know once it gets to even like 150 that means there really isn't that much defense yeah you know obviously you don't want to play really rough and, and tough and, and injure someone just in a fun game but Almost scoring 200 points, and then the other team, how many did they have? Around 180 or something? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it's, it's they're, they're both close to 200 points. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, it wasn't, I enjoyed the game, and it was, without the defense, it wasn't that much, not as fun as some of the others we've seen, where they were lower scoring and there was more, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, I think it's a tough predicament, because on one hand, you don't want to get injured at right. a game that doesn't mean anything. Right. But on the other hand, who wants to watch a game where you're not trying? When you score 200 points almost. Right. Yeah, they made a record for one team scoring the highest points, Ever. and then they made a record for the combination of both right. teams scoring the most points together. Right. And um, last year, it was the record from the year before, yeah. so on in like the last few years. So it's just, I don't know. You know, I, when I was thinking about it, I compared it to the, the year they had the All-Star Weekend in Dallas, and I was really pumped for that one. Mm-hmm. They had it in the football stadium, so it was in this giant arena. The stadium's so big that half the people in the stands were just watching the game on this giant screen they had yeah. and not actually on the court because they looked like tiny ants. Right. But but the thing with for me was, like, that game was not exciting. What I liked about this game is even though they didn't really play defense, like, they were hitting their shots. Yeah. They, yeah. they were hitting their shots. They weren't just jacking them up and missing them. I mean, I'm with you. My opinion was... Like, usually they wait till the second half of the fourth quarter to start, you know, right. playing defense. But it seemed like the West got ahead early, and the East could never catch up, and, and that's what, that some, sort of that's sucks what for the game. were saying that we're defending the high score and, and the, the no defense in the fourth quarter was the West had uh, such a big lead. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know. So, I still enjoy the All-Star games, but it would be pretty cool to see something like a, a two-on-two tournament the fans could vote the top 24 players, and you have two teams, right? Maybe you can even do three on three. You know, kind of like NBA Jam, keep it to two players. That would be really have cool. Have maybe a reserve. Yeah. But if, you know, if you're only playing, you know, like eight or ten minute time period, I don't think you'd have to have a reserve. But <laughs> I think that'd be pretty fun to watch. That would be really cool. I mean, you could you could do it. You could split it up between... Your skill players, your guards, uh, some forwards, and your bigs, your big men, and some forwards. Yeah. And yeah, you could have like a big man, and you could have like a like a LeBron and a Timofey Mozgov or something. How cool would it be to have Kobe and LeBron, for example? Yeah, 
on, Kobe, on Kobe. versus whomever Kobe, else. Kobe, Kobe. So that that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. So so Kobe, uh, you shouldn't retire so that you can play in this crazy two-on-two tournament. But one thing I'll say that I really liked, especially with the slam dunk contest, is yeah, last year they tried something new. This really bothered me is they had the announcers talking mm. um, at the game while the players were doing the dunks. Like, obviously, when you're watching it on TV, you can hear the announcers. But what they did that year was they actually had the announcers talking in the arena. Mm. So, like, they put it on the right, big right. speaker or whatever. And while the players are dunking or in between dunks, they can hear the criticism from the announcers. Sure, sure. And I really didn't like that. So, I'm definitely glad they scratched that. Yeah. Also, the three-point shootout was amazing. That was a great contest, and not surprising, the uh, Splash Brothers from the Warriors with the Clay Thompson and Steph Curry were the last two two finalists, and Steph Curry won it last year. Yeah, Clay, Clay Thompson. Thompson ends up winning it this year. Pretty, yeah, it was pretty cool. But like my biggest complaint, and this is pretty much going to be the future. It didn't. Bo- okay, I'm just going to straight up, straight up tell you what it is. They had the Kia logo on the All Star Game uniforms. Mm doesn't bother me. It was like a small logo. What bothers me is they're probably going to have them on their regular uniforms at some point in time. Hmm. I really hate that, to be honest with you. Kind of like they do in soccer? Or yeah. Football. I mean, I don't want to root for the Vi- the Chicago Viagra Bulls. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I hate that. I just hate it. And, and I get it. You know, some of these small market teams don't make as much money as the big teams, and that's why they do revenue sharing. But, I mean, I just despise it. I mean, to me, you got to have, like, some integrity. Everything can't be about commercial, commercial, what's it, blah, 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 blah. Commercialization. Commercial, commercialization. <laughs> How do you? Commercialization. I'm an English major, so obviously I can't pronounce words. But, but yeah, man, uh, I just despise it, um, and it's probably going to happen. And, and that's one of the things I fear about Donald, or what's his name? Not Donald Surly, Adam Silver. Oh, yeah. Adam Silver is, he's a new commissioner, so obviously he's going to try to make his mark on the league. I'm yeah. a little bit more uh, reserved. I don't like to make changes just to make changes. and sure. It's probably going to happen because it's just another revenue to make money. But I, I don't know. I just I don't want to see it on the uniforms. I prefer not to have it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, was, um, I did like how everyone paid tribute to Kobe. Like Kobe, M- Kobe. Like MJ said, we'll have a... Uh, at the end of the season, it's Kobe special. I did like how a lot of players from this generation, you know, how they talked about, I mean, Michael Jordan is still regarded by most as the best, and yeah. Kobe is still regarded as, you know, the closest to him, or, you know, like the second best, or one of the best ever. I mean, he's definitely in the top ten with Jordan and all that, but how for a lot of these guys who are you know, current stars, you know, they grew up watching Kobe more so than Jordan. So I think a lot of them paid, I think, a really good tribute to him. And it was kind of cool how the NBA honored him because he was, he did make uh, a lot of money for them and made the, you know, I think Jordan, along with Magic and, and Bird, like they saved the NBA in the 80s with the Lakers-Celtics yeah. rivalry. That's so and true. Jordan made it globalized. But I think Kobe kind of took that torch on because, if you remember in the 08 Beijing Olympics, Kobe was... You know the the most famous athlete there yep. from the American basketball team. For some reason, for like for all the American athletes, China, China right in China, right? Is, for whatever right. they're in, they're they're crazy about Kobe right. Bryant in China. Right. 
Exactly. They love Kobe Bryant. Right. And I think part of it has to do with, like, it's it's the Lakers. It's the best, you know, like, it's the most recognizable NBA franchise, possibly the most recognizable American team. Because, yeah. Because basketball is a more global game than baseball or football or hockey even, I think. So, you know, having the most recognizable franchise and their player and him being so good, but also in Europe, too. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, his jersey sales were number one, even when, like, LeBron... And even with, like, LeBron's jersey sold a little bit better here in the U.S., Kobe still dominated in China and, and Europe and other parts of the world. Was, I think it was good that the NBA paid tribute to him in that yeah. respect. Um, the NBA is a master at making money from the sense that, with, like, LeBron especially, there's so many, there's been so many sure. alternate uniforms for sure. the Cavs in the, when he was with the Heat, because obviously they're going to make money off of him, but... Sure. Yeah, I mean, Kobe is just such a great player. I don't want to get, you know, super deep because obviously we'll have this discussion mm-hmm. at the end of the season. But one thing I do want to say is I always, for the longest time, I despise Kobe Bryant. Mostly because I'm not, I'm, I don't jump on the hype train mm-hmm. and everybody's like, boom, he's better than Michael Jordan. He's he's a phenomenal player in his own right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I agree with some of the analysis I've heard on TV who say, just enjoy greatness. Right. I mean, it's it's fun to compare them, but some people just go crazy with it. Now that it's, you know, almost all said and done, you know, Kobe has just been an amazing basketball player. And, I mean, cert- certainly, you know, it's great that the NBA honors they're the great players. And it's what's really cool about the NBA, says a lot about the stars today, is that they all show their respect towards them. That's why I really hate seeing the Kobe on the Lakers, because I feel like, I feel like, I don't think it's wrong for a player to change teams necessarily. I was not for LeBron going to the Heat personally because I just thought that it meant so much to that Cleveland franchise. But, but the thing is, it's like these teams—they're not—they're going to trade you if they think it's necessary. So I feel like you don't necessarily owe them. And I just—I don't know. I just don't like seeing a great player like a Kobe Bryant on a horrible team yeah. because. I mean, in all honesty, it has nothing to do with him and really everything to do with the situation. Right. You put him on a good to great team like the Clippers or another team, and then everybody's talking about how great Kobe is this last season in the NBA. Sure, sure. Because it's all about who's around you. They're going to make you get easier shots and stuff yeah, like I that. Yeah, I think he probably would be averaging more points and having a better season if he had other great players to kind of take away. You can easily double-team him now and... You know, you don't have to worry about anyone else scoring on the Lakers. But the other, the other thing I was gonna like just um, talk a little bit more about was like a lot of those guys that were at the All Star Game, all of the best players. I think even LeBron, I said, you know, anyone that's around twenty five and, and and younger, they did grow up watching him, and he was the one that had the most championships and been to the most finals. So you know, I think for for a lot of these new great guys. He's there, Jordan. Yeah. And he's there. And he's, you know, right up there with the best of the best. I mean, uh, in terms of points and, and finals appearances and championship wins. And I think and he still had, I think, was it the seventh best scoring season ever. The only guys that have had maybe a little bit, that have had better ones have been like Will Chamberlain when he had that 50 point per game season. And That's crazy. Jordan huh? when he had that 37. And so, I mean, Kobe's been up there. I remember that one where he had like that one where he had uh, four like twenty eight or twenty nine forty plus point games in a season. Yeah. And so a lot of these guys, you know, saw that, and it's going to be tough for anyone to replicate something like that scoring wise. 
And, and I mean, Kobe's just so great. You know, he's he's in such an unfair situation. He hasn't sure. played in the league in a year. He's coming back from injury. Yeah. He doesn't, in all honesty, he doesn't even see, seem to be 100%. Sure. He's playing with guys uh, like Julius Randle, who they've moved from starting spot to reserve spots because yeah. they thought it was, uh, Brian Scott thought it was detrimental to their career to have them starting because, you know, maybe they weren't ready. I mean, it's just such an unfair situation. He's got to carry the load on this young team. But um, he's done a great job. Yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah we'll talk more about some of his accomplishments and uh, great matchups that he's had because there's a lot of uh, cool even discussions we could have about you know Kobe versus Tim Duncan. Yeah, you know, for Tim sure. Tim Duncan obviously having the more um, consistent career. Yeah. But Kobe Bryant had more success in a much shorter period of time, and all the great times they've gone head to head. We can talk about that definitely because they I think they've played each other in the playoffs I think six times. So it'll be pretty cool to maybe talk a little bit about that because Tim Duncan's probably going to retire pretty soon also, and that's another great, in my opinion, yeah. the best power forward ever. I mean, I, I give him one more year at the most, but yeah. I, I really believe that him and Mono Ginobili and probably Tony Parker will all retire right. after this season. It's, and that's why I think, you know, because they're, they're so close, and I think those are the keys to the Spurs being, if they're going to be able to beat the Thunder, for example, in the second round. Because obviously we know that, Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge are going to be good. Yeah. They're young guys. and But obviously, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, I, I think, like offensively at least, better so they're going to be. Yeah. But if the Spurs' older guys play well, I think it's going to be, during a seven-game series, going to be tough for them to overcome all that. Plus, they have David West, right? Yeah. He's on there, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm MJ. BD. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe.